Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, we will be chatting with Allie Epperson about CTE Hope, Zach Easter, and law school. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hi, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project. I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesofpdi.com. And be sure to check out the Brain Health Academy that I have co-created with Sue Wilson of CTE Hope while in Danville, Kentucky, and received her Juris Doctor from Case Western Reserve University School of Law in Cleveland, Ohio. In 2013 and 14, Allison spent time working for the Honorable Tom Harkin in his Washington, D.C. Senate office focusing for a while on disability issues, and spent the summer of 2016 interning at the United States Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Ohio. Allison was then a summer associate at Orrick Harrington Sutcliffe, New York office, and will start as a full-time associate September of 2018. During her last semester of law school, Allie externed at the U.S. State Department. She was also named Law Student of the Year in 2018 by the National Jurist. Allie was Zach Easter's longtime girlfriend and first became connected and knowledgeable of CTE through him. She is involved in the founding of CTE Hope and currently serves as its Chief Communications Officer while also assisting in programming and development. In terms of CTE's HOPE's mission, Allie's main passion stems from the support side of the disease and the organization as that it is the role she played most prominently in Zach's life. So welcome to the podcast, Allie. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. It's so good to be here today as well. And a super huge congratulations. You literally just graduated <laughs> with your law degree. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Less you are, than three days ago. <laughs> and you're presently studying for the bar. So thank you yeah. for taking the time out to be here. <laughs> of course, it was my pleasure. It's a, it's a nice study break. <laughs> there you go. It's a good excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Allie, I would love to just start with, you know, who is Zach Easter? How do you know him? And, um, you know, we'll just we'll kind of take everyone through that story and how CTE Hope came to be. Yeah, so I met Zach Easter. <laughs> We're both from Indianola, Iowa, and went to Indianola High School, and that's where we met. Um, so he was a year above me. 
Um, and he, you know, he was a big football player and a popular guy. So I always knew who he was and saw him in the hallways, and he was, you know, always very personable and nice. But it wasn't until about my sophomore year and his junior year that we started developing a friendship. Um, and from there, friendship only grew. We got really close, um, and it was my junior year, his senior senior years when we got really close and, and things started to, um, you know, our, our relationship got stronger and deeper. And um, once he was out of high school and off in college um, and I was about to graduate high school, that's kind of where our relationship started to take a shift from just a platonic friendship to more of a romantic relationship. Um, and, you know, being from a small town and we were both very busy, he was off in college and then, you know, he joined the National Guard and I eventually went and moved to Kentucky for college. Um, we, you know, sometimes our relationship was off and on just because of schedules and very much sometimes just to ourselves, um, just because of the nature of things. Um, but we cumulatively were on, uh, together for about five years at the time he passed away, um, so like I mentioned, Zach was a big football player. He started playing when he was in third grade. Um, he also participated in wrestling and baseball. Um, and he was, you know, a, a shorter player, a smaller player, but one of the most impactful players on the team. Um, and I think a lot of that stems from the fact that, you know, the blunt fact that he used his head. Um, he led with his head. He, you know, he, he left some journals where he admits that he used his head as a battering ram. Um, and now we know that, that that's the start of a lot of his issues. So when he was, um, he suffered multiple, multiple concussions. Um, I want to say in his senior year, which was his last year of football, um, he suffered three or four diagnosed concussions um, and probably a few other undiagnosed. Um, and not to mention, you know, the repetitive hits he'd been sustaining his whole life. After high school, he suffered another concussion in a, a, a military drill and in a car accident. And it was when he was 18 years old is when his symptoms really started to develop and progress. Um, but he suffered through those things silently for about six years. And it wasn't until the last year of his life when he first opened up about you know, just how severe his symptoms were and everything he was going through and his suspicions that he had CTE. Um, and I was, it was, uh, I want to say the April or May of his last year is when he first told me I was the first person he kind of laid it all out to. And then shortly after he began to tell his family. Um, and at that point he was deteriorating rapidly um, and things we're getting really worse and he really couldn't function and um, he ended up taking his life in December of 2015 for the purpose of donating his brain for, and he was very explicit about this. He, he did this because he knew there was nothing less that could be done for his life, but he wanted to donate his brain to science and asked his, you know, myself and his family and friends to try to make contact sports safer and to bring awareness about CTE and mental health issues and, in traumatic brain injuries in general and, and try to do something to help save someone from what he had been suffering for silently um, for years. Um, and that's how CT Hope was born. Uh, we started it the summer, the following summer after his death. Um, and, you know, we started it with a really small team and we're still working with a really small, small team, but a great team. 
um, started it with his, you know, his family um, and his former athletic trainer, Wilson, and, and another family friend who works, um, does research and works as an athletic trainer as well, um, named Mike Haddon. And so that's the core of our team. And we've just, you know, been making strides ever since and have been making, you know, hit a lot of milestones and, and are still working every day to try to fulfill Zach's wishes. And I had the pleasure of attending the CTE Hope Gala. Uh, was that March or April? Like it's all blurring together uh, it was right the now. Beginning of April. <laughs> yeah, it seems like ages ago at this point, but I really didn't feel it until this year. Um, and so I finally had the opportunity to meet you and Zach's family, yeah. and it was just you know I've known Sue now. I mean, it feels like I've known Sue forever, but I've really only known her gosh, maybe a year. Um, but Sue mm-hmm. is how yeah, I first that's got crazy. Yeah. I know it feels like forever. Um, but Sue is how I first came to know Zach's story. I mean, I had actually seen his story on Facebook um, and, you know, never knew who, you know, who anyone in the video was. And now it's kind of weird to know everybody in that video. <laughs> um, yeah. So for, for anyone listening, um, GQ did this amazing feature um, on Zach's story, and if you go to cte-hope.org, um, you can watch. Um, is it called the Zach Diaries, something like that? So, yeah. So the yeah. So the actual story is called the CTE Hope Diaries. Um, that's like the shortened version. Then you know, there's the the tragic story, something of Zach Easter. But I always just call it the CTE Diaries. Um, and so the video, yeah, if you go to our website, you can find the GQ article as well as the, it's about a 12 minute documentary, extremely well done. It's so good. Um, but you can also, you know, if you, um, one of the first, if you put in GQCT diaries in Google, it's one of the first things to pop up too. So lots of ways to access it, but it really is a beautifully written story that really tells Zach's journey, um, and a great documentary that, talks about Zach's life and, um, and, you know, talks about our organization. And so, yeah, that's a really good resource if you want to find out more about Zach's story and um, everything like that. Yeah, and it is. It's a very, very well done documentary. And like I said, I had seen it floating around on Facebook um, probably when it first came out. And, um, you know, I was really drawn to his story because was he 24 at the time? Yeah, he was 24. And at the time, he was, you know, one of, if not the youngest person to succumb to CTE. Um, and not only that, but what was remarkable about Zach, um, and it's just a reflection of how great of a person he was, um, he had, he, he was aware of, enough about what was happening to him and had done enough research and had been suffering so long that he started, you know, create, writing daily journals of how he was feeling on any given day and what was happening in his mind and, and to his, in the physical um, symptoms as well. And just giving that day-to-day log of how this disease was affecting him. And on top of that, he also wrote kind of a, a 40-ish a, you know, more than 40 page life story, starting from the beginning of when he started football and going through his life and everything he suffered and documenting everything that had happened to him. And at that point, and even still now, that's one of the, you know, the only people to leave that sort of documentation behind and that sort of, those sort of journals and documentation of how the disease was affecting him on a daily basis 
is very unique um, and really helpful in trying to um, address traumatic brain injuries and address CT and, and concussions and everything. You know, and it, it's so profound, you know, to think about how, I mean, he started this journal several years before he committed suicide and to think, you know, that someone at that age, and especially a guy, I mean, no offense, guys, the guys you know, aren't the, the touchy-feely <laughs> ones to leave a journal. And for him, I mean, he he clearly, you know, knew what he was doing with this. And he very much wanted to help others. And so he knew that by sharing his thoughts and feelings and what he was going through, um, you know, he knew that he would help future generations. And I mean, that's, that's basically also what he did is he, he basically left instructions for you guys too, right? Like to, to use his story and to start this. So to start CTE Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it's just remarkable. It's just such a reflection on who he was as a person and, and, you know, to have the forethought to, to leave us with this information, not only, not only to help us understand, because if, you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this. If you've never, if you are talking with someone who's never experienced a traumatic brain injury, no one can understand what you're going through, you know, and it's, and so to be able to try to leave that information, not only for his family and friends to try to understand what was really happening to him, but also to help other people relate to him for people who might not understand what's going on, but have suffered, you know, a lot of brain injuries. So, oh, maybe it has, it's connected to, you know, these several concussions I've had, I should go to a doctor to talk to them about it. I'm not alone. It's just, you know, and it's just, it is really remarkable that he can leave us with that and leave us with such specific instructions on what he wants out of his life and what he wants us to do to help save other people and to help other people and support other people. Um, It was truly remarkable. And, and, you know, and that's the whole reason CT Hope got started because of what he left us. Yeah. And, you know, just the level of frustration he had to have felt and and desperation, um, you know, with doctors. You know, I feel like the doctor sort of did a disservice, you know, by telling him he had CTE, especially back then, you know, it's not something we can diagnose in a living person, um, you know. And, you know, this whole series of events that put all of this into motion, um, you know, I mean, it's a tragic event, but at the same time, I feel like it's led to such amazing awareness by what you guys are able to do. And, you know, CTE Hope, you guys are now doing um, saliva testing and doing really, really mm-hmm. cool things. Um, so maybe let's talk about some of the things that you guys are doing with research and awareness. Yeah, of course. So, um, as you mentioned, we, you know, our big research initiative is we have a saliva study. Um, and so we, um, right now we're just testing it in athletes, but basically trying to use saliva as an indicator to measure the biomar- the inflammatory biomarkers in, and proteins in um, an athlete's brain to see when they're inflamed. Um, because if untreated, that inflammation um, can lead to diseases like CTE. So trying The goal is to create a point-of-care device to be able to use on the sidelines and in emergency rooms and um, and in clinics to test the the inflammatory levels in an athlete's brain. And if the levels are too high, um, you know, you can't go back to play. 
Um, so really determine when and if it's safe for someone to return to that contact sport. Um, and, you know, eventually try to determine how many hits are too many hits. So when is your brain so inflamed, the level, inflammatory levels in your brain so inflamed that if, it's, if you don't stop or if you don't treat it, it will never be healed. Um, and so really trying to determine, um, and, you know, and in turn help people gauge how long they can play their sports and, um, and participate in these activities that they love. So that's our big research um, initiative on that side. But we also do a lot with support. So like you mentioned, Sue Wilson is involved in the Brain Health Academy that, you, you know, Faces of TBI and CT Hope are doing together. We also, you know, provide, um, you know, resource documents, whether it's just what is CTE or what are, you know, what is um, a traumatic brain injury versus CTE, what is a concussion, just providing general information and awareness on this disease and traumatic brain injuries in general, and also helping connect people to various doctors that we've seen good results with um, and different, you know, lifestyle and dietary changes people can make. Um, and then, you know, legislative aspects, you know, trying to bring awareness and um, to CTE on a national stage and also help um, ensure that certified athletic trainers on the sidelines of every game um, and ensure that, you know, children aren't participating in these high-contact sports too early when their brain is still developing. Um, so there is a legislative aspect to our goal. And then, like I've mentioned many times, just the advocacy and education and awareness um, to always continually talk about it and tell Zach's story and make sure people know the dangers of repetitive hits and, and not treating your symptoms and not letting your brain heal. Um, and that's what, you know. And, and part of it, you mentioned the medical community, and that was something that was very frustrating. You know, he went to dozens of doctors. Even on his own, without telling anyone, was going to dozens of doctors trying to find answers, trying to get yeah. some sort of treatment. And he kept getting, you know, a different answer from each doctor and, and was so inconsistent. And, you know, half of them didn't even really pay attention to his history of concussion. And some of them were just really discouraging, telling him he was going to you know, end up homeless or in a mental institution and, and really scaring him that way. Um, some saying, you know, he's schizophrenic or maybe it's CTE or, oh, no, it's not CTE. You know, just all of these different areas. And it, and it was really disheartening to him, especially in the end. Um, and that was something that was really a driving force behind CT Hope is just bringing awareness and working with the medical community to make sure that, Doctors are informed on CT and getting more people trained on concussions and traumatic brain injuries and CT in general because, you know, the medical community, because the brain is so complicated, the medical community still doesn't know enough. Um, and that was a really frustrating aspect of Zach's journey. Yeah. You know, you talked about getting different answers and no consistency between doctors. I mean, that's something I have experienced with something that, you know, the majority of people in my tribe on Facebook have experience with, and I think that's where my passion lies, is trying to bridge that gap um, between providers who either don't know or they're just giving, you know, old, outdated information. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I know Sue told me once how a student, you know, she uh, she's an athletic trainer on the sideline, and she had a student come back with a note and the doctor called it like a grade two concussion. And she's like, 
that's such an outdated term. Like that doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Like what is, exactly. what is this doctor doing? And, you know, I yeah. mean, I wasn't possibly be concussion anymore. You know, it'd been two years and it couldn't possibly be your concussion. And I mean, it's just, there's just inconsistencies out there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just trying to just really bring awareness. And that's, you know, that's where this podcast has been amazing. I know that lots of healthcare providers listen to this podcast because they want to understand and they want to know more and survivors want to know more, you know, the best advocate is yourself, right? You, you, your own best yes, exactly. advocate. Um, and, you know, essentially that's what Zach tried to be. And that's what he's, you know, that's what his legacy is doing. So, um, definitely. You know, yeah. It's just, so, yeah. so Allie, what, what led you to the path of, of going to law school? So, you know, that sometimes I'm not even sure myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was a, uh, you know, I grew up in, um, my dad's a political scientist, government and politics were always very important to my family. So when I went to college, I studied politics and international studies, you know, loved it. It was my passion. Um, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with that later, as you mentioned, I, you know, I work in the Hill, um, would love to work for the government and still just still want to. Um, but law school felt like a natural path. Um, you know, I've always believed in advocacy and, you know, the foundations of, you know, truly, you know, lawyers get a bad rep, but the, the foundation of being a lawyer is for being an advocate for people and clients when they're at their most vulnerable. Yes. Um, just, you know, that idea and, I, and often government and law are intertwined and go hand in hand. And so, um, it just felt like a natural path for me. And I ended up at Case Western because they have a phenomenal international program and international law is kind of where I wanted to go into. Um, and that was always extremely supportive of that. He, he had no he never doubted why I wanted to go to law school. It made perfect sense to him. Um, and, you know, especially that first semester was definitely my biggest supporter and, um, you know, listened to me complain about law school every night. So I, I owe a lot to him for it. Um, and then through, you know, through the starting of the organization and other things I've studied, um, I've looked into nonprofit law, of course. And um, I'm, I'll be joining a firm. But the firm is great. The firm, you know, does a ton of pro bono work as well and is just a phenomenal firm um, with a great work-life balance and a good heart. So I'm really excited about starting there. Um, And then, you know, eventually maybe I'll stay at the firm for my whole career. Um, Maybe I'll go into government one day. um, And I'll kind of, you know, just going to see how it all plays out. Um, but regardless, I'm always going to be involved in CT Hope and always be doing work with um, this, our organization. So it definitely my legal my legal knowledge and career will definitely fit in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, seriously, having a law degree, like, can't be a bad thing. I mean, like, you can apply oh, it yeah. anywhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can see where it will be very beneficial in growing your nonprofit because I know that it's going to continue to grow. Um and just, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's so exciting to watch. And it's, it's, 
you know, I don't know if exciting is the right word, but it's kind of an exciting time to be in the brain injury world because I think we're finally starting to see a shift in the way people think about concussion and brain injury mm-hmm. and CTE. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think we're finally starting to reach people and people are starting to pay attention. I know I've had people who I'm Facebook friends with reach out to me because a friend of a friend had a concussion playing volleyball and they knew Mm -hmm. that I, I knew where to find resources. So they reached out to me. And so, you know, that's, I, that's just so cool. That's, you know, when, when it all kind of comes full circle and we know that we're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. The whole point of, you know, what your organization and you as a self-advocate and, you know, CT Hope is doing is to help people and bring awareness. And I, 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 Definitely, I definitely agree. I think when we, even when we first started CT Hope two years ago, people, some people still didn't even know what CT Hope or CTE was. I would ask, yeah. like, they would ask, they oh, you're a nonprofit, yeah. and I would say CTE, and they're like, oh, I have no idea. And I'd say, did you hear about the concussion? Like, try, you know, trying to find some way that they would understand. And now it's 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 in people's faces, you know, regard, you know, whether it's from the concussion movie or the big high profile NFL players to coming to CTE or the big studies that have come out, people can't deny that it exists anymore. And I think for a while people tried to pretend it wasn't real. Um, And you can't do that anymore. The the evidence is, is too, too prevalent and too accurate. Um, And so, yeah, I, I I don't know if exciting is the right word either, but it is, you know, it's an, it's an exciting and interesting time to be in this field because it's no longer deniable. And so now it's, what do you do with it? And there are the people who want to still try to ignore it and not do anything. And there are people who want to fix it and work towards it. Um, and I think there's been an incredible amount of people on the side that you and I are on and other organizations. And it's been great to collaborate and meet other people in this, in this uh, journey. Absolutely. And I, I don't want to give any spoilers, but I just finished season two of 13 reasons why. And um, oh. Yeah, and I, I really don't want to give a spoiler, but basically um, someone in the series is recovering from a traumatic brain injury. And so oh, wow. uh, it's re- I, I was like, and they actually said TBI. And I was like, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's treated pretty realistically. Um, you know, unlike okay. a lot of shows where someone suffers a concussion or brain injury and, you know, they're fine in three days. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's really well, I exciting. I yeah. I mean, I guess to their credit, some schools just let people go back in three days. So maybe it's their reality in the schools they talk to. I guess. Yeah, I that guess. Is, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. I definitely saw the first season of 13 Reasons Why and it was very intense, but I'll have to check out the second season soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely just as good as the first season. So um, yeah, oh, I'm sure. I can see where some people have have a harder time watching it, but um, I really enjoyed it, and I was pretty excited to see yeah. traumatic brain injury making its way into a full season. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I'm excited now. <laughs> um, so, Allie, any any final thoughts? Any final parting words of wisdom for our listeners? I would say one thing, you know, people um, always ask me, and you mentioned this, my biggest driving force in this, and I think a lot of that is support, and not only supporting the people who are suffering from a traumatic brain injury or concussion or, um, 
you know, any sort of brain disease, um, and which is very important and something I'm very passionate about. But also, um, I think the people, some people overlook the caregivers. Um, yeah. And, and as someone who is a caregiver myself, I think it's important to remember to practice self-care because if you don't, and this is something I struggled with a lot with Zach. I did not take care of myself. I was only focused on him. Um, and, you know, it's harder to take care of a loved one if you're not taking care of yourself and to remember to take care of yourself. And, and also just, it's a long journey and it's difficult, but, um, you know, even when they, when they push you away the most, that's when they need you the most. And, um, and so just, Remember to take care of yourself and use the resources available to help both yourself and a loved one. Um, and, yeah, and so that's, that's been an important aspect of my message and something I try to always remember people who reach out about their boyfriend or their brother or their son um, is that, you know, you need to care for both people in that situation. Absolutely. And that's such a great, great point. You know, I, I like to use the, the flight attendant analogy of put your own oxygen mask on before assisting others, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a perfect analogy for it, honestly. Yeah, because if you pass out, you're not able to help anyone else. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's an extreme analogy, but it's, you know, it's so true. And, you know, even mm-hmm. TBI survivors, who are like, you know, I look at a lot of them are moms and mm-hmm. they're trying to recover themselves, but they, you know, they have to get the kid to school and, and to band practice and dance. So you have to slow down and take care of yourself because if you take yourself yeah. out, <laughs> you can't help the rest of your family. So Yeah. And on, and on that point too, even for survive, for survivors and for caregivers, you have to remember you're not alone. And sometimes, especially for survivors, it definitely feels like you're alone sometimes because no one can understand unless they've also suffered something similar. But you don't you don't have to go through it all alone like Zach did for six years. And I think you know, and it's okay to talk about it with people you trust and and try to even if they'll never fully understand. Letting some of that out, I think, can be really beneficial. Not only, Absolutely. you know, if, even just from a mental health standpoint. So you're not alone. Yes. There are other people who can help, and and you should seek that when you're ready and can. Absolutely, and just you know, like you said, even if they don't understand, just listening and acknowledging you, mm-hmm. um, it's so powerful for mental health. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Allie. And I wish you the very best on your bar exam and your new adventure you so in New much. York. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And I, it was a, it was awesome to be on here today. And I really appreciate everything you're doing and, and having me on here. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Allie. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And again, please take a moment to visit cte-hope.org. The link is in the show notes. Um, And just take a few minutes to watch the Zach Easter documentary. It's a beautiful, beautiful documentary. And again, just another thank you to our sponsor, Midwest Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And just a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. I will see you all again next time and have a great day, everyone.